0: So hello and welcome to the next episode of the self-development with tactics podcast and today as you can see in the background we are going to go through um, the body language book um, that I was previously been going through with you so I think it was two days ago actually Um I do actually just kind of manage to to really just some sort of mix it up so that it is not only body language and or not only self-development or not only finances. So I'm now probably doing uh, one day body language and one day the Tony Robbins book on how to influence people, which is something I've really been looking forward and I do definitely look into it or go through it uh, in my leisure time, um, which I hope doesn't make the episode bad or something, but I do can just, you know, then say a little bit more to all the things that he is discussing in his book. Um, Unfortunately enough, I didn't really know where we have stopped, but I definitely know that the power of touch is something we haven't been discussing. So, um, I think we will just go on with Famous and Vip's Arms Crossing, which, by the title, I do not fucking know what this means, but let's see. So the authors say that celebrities who tend to be more aware of body language, uh, I've read that one already, but yeah, uh, that are, are more aware of body language will more rarely be seen with obvious self-hugging gestures, but their but their nervousness will still often leak. For example, they might reach out with an arm to the to the back on the other side, which is something that's just. If you just think about it, it just seems really, really crazy. Because, you know, why would you do this? But I do actually think, you know, there is something behind it um, for why this author is or the authors are just pointing it out. Um, or fix their watches or bra- bracelets or uh, shirt cuffs, or shirt cuffs, sorry. And women can often clasp on their purses. I think uh, more like claps on their purses. But yeah, so, um, I do just have to check (laughs) a message I got. Uh, But let's see where I stopped, and I do have to cover up myself a little bit and do, yeah. I do it like this because then, because there is a white window open in front of me on my second monitor, uh, there is a little bit more light going into my fucking face So that you can actually see me a little bit better And on the other side I do not see the time um, <clears throat> I'm still recording or I'm recording Which, um, you know, helps me a little bit more to concentrate on what I'm reading And not on looking on myself all the fucking time Which is something I do tend to be doing uh, But yeah, so but I could, can I do it like this? Yeah, I could do it like this so that I can actually, I don't know, want to see the time, but I do want to see the audio if everything is okay. But yeah, so the I think it's gogging. Is it gogging? I don't know. This is the thing. Gogging our speaking partner. Offering a, a refreshment is a great way of gogging where the other person stands. Do they, place, do they place the cup on the side, open and accepting that you're saying or in front, closed and not accepting? so either they will put the cup or the glass or whatever you gave them as a refreshment they either put it uh, on their side to be a little bit more open which makes sense because then there's nothing in the way of your uh or you actually speaking or they will put it directly in front of them so that there is actually some kind of barrier um in front of them so that they can a little bit distance them or yeah, distance them from you a little bit if you're speaking with the person. Um, yeah, so if you're just, you know, watching the whole situation, it's not you. So <laughs> I just wanted to point it out. Um, they can also hold it to the side, thus crossing the arms in front of the body or hold it to the side, thus opening up. Which means then just, you know, the same thing as uh, as before. Like if you're crossing your arms, you will be more defensive. There will be a barrier. There will be something in between. And if not, then not. Arms and arm rests. Planting your elbows on the armrest is a position of power. Letting your arms fall on the inside of the chair is the position that humble, defeated individuals will take. Yeah, I think it's, it's probably because if you just do have your arms on your armrests, you kinda take up more space in the area or in the room or on the seat. But if you do just, you know, are just making you, you know, way tinier than you actually are, just keeping everything pretty tight, you seem just pretty tight, Uh, not tight, but yeah, you could seem tight, but you seem pretty small and therefore you're not just like a predator or not something like dangerous. I do always kind of tend to think of all these signals as if we are very, very in our early days of the human being, because if you're just sitting here. Like, you know, you're just really making yourself like a triangle. Then you just really create um, a lot more space for yourself. And you do seem a little bit bigger than just, you know, pressing everything against your body, so your hands and everything. Yeah. Uh, The power of touch. Barber and LNP say that touching someone with your left hand while shaking hands can create some powerful results. The phone booth test showed that people who were being touched lightly on the elbow for less than three seconds, gave back a coin, sixty-eight percent of the times versus the twenty percent of people who didn't. P said that worked. Uh, P said that worked well because the elbow is a safe area to touch. Um, so they then point out that, and which makes total sense. But but I'll I'll actually read it. Um, uh, the elbow is a safe area to touch. Second, because touching a stranger is not considered normal, so it created a powerful impression. And third, the most important of all, a touch creates a momentary bond between two people. So all these points they point out are actually pretty great and they make sense, which is actually the thing um, I pretty much like about this book, because, you know, they just say something, they make a statement, but they do also say why it is like this. And then you also can really just see and be like, yeah, this makes sense. So, at least for me, all these things make sense, um, they point out. Um, But touching above or below the elbow did not produce the same positive effect and touching for more than three seconds also had a negative response. I do think that um, touching a little bit above the elbow isn't quite working because this is just a really sensitive area now. Because, you know, the the elbow is quite... Something that's not that sensitive, nothing that you should be worrying about, but your arms and especially your head is something that's really important to you, and you do not want to be hit or hurt by some strangers which you normally can't really trust um so therefore I'll just believe that this is the reason for not just touching strangers you know above the elbow, um, but below the elbow, it might be like a little bit too low or you know, a a little bit more distance between you and them, Um, so the elbow just seems to be the perfect middle of everything. Uh, I was both appealed and had to laugh when I saw that the same experiment with elbow touching gave an 85% return rate in Germany, 50% of French and a paltry 22% of coin returns in Italy. But P said that it's because in Italy, culture is more normal to touch, so the elbow touch didn't create such a, such a special moment. Yeah, that's you know, this is also pretty interesting to see that, you know, it just depends on, you know, what culture you are, what region you are as well, what um, country you are, because not every country, even though they just might be in the same area, do have the same culture, even though it would might, might you know, make sense, but I'm not that educated in this, so... Do not take or do take everything with a grain of salt. (laughs) Um, Looking at conversations outside cafes, indeed showed 20, 20, not 22, but 220 touches an hour in Rome, 142 in Paris, 25 in Sydney, four in New York, and zero in fucking London. I do was in London. I think it was a pretty great city. So nothing against London people. It's a great city. Just wanted to emphasize my point, <laughs> or the point the book is making, so women were four times more likely to touch another woman than a man another man, which is I think um as I was reading this before this episode, it wasn't quite surprising for me because I do like think yeah, women in general are more just uh you know are driven by their feelings a little bit more than men are um I do not know if this is right or true or whatever. Um, But women seem to be more driven by their feelings, and men seem to be more driven by their instincts or uh, some kind of needs, like, but I would either say, or better say, instincts. A famous experiment with a librarian slightly brushing the hand while issuing a book also had powerful effects with the borrowers being touched responding more favorably to all the questions and more likely to recall the name of the librarian so i do have to repeat it or do want to repeat it because i think it's uh, quite great but i've read it just like really in a shit way so a famous experiment with a librarian slightly brushing the hand slightly brushing the hand while issuing a book also had powerful effects with the borrowers being touched, responding more favorably, favorably to all the questions and more likely to recall the name of the librarian. So, just you know, to really summarize all these things that were just said in the last few minutes, touching someone is actually a good thing, but not too, you know, not too near to the head and not too near to you know, their hands or whatever, because um, I do really think that this is just a little bit you know, too much of a distance then just, you know, touching the elbow or an above just seems for me to be like, yeah, it's a little bit dangerous to be above the elbow. But let's see what they say about cultural differences. I fully agree with Barbara and LMPs when they say the world is becoming more and more similar and the basics are the same almost everywhere. And I think this is because um, we all do have the internet and we all do just are connected in some way Um, way better than just before, uh, I don't know, 50, 20, 100 years, Um, and therefore we just adapted some kind of general culture or general just um, basic behaviors, which I think are just kind of based on how we behave on the internet, maybe. So I do think, especially the internet and the better communication between, um, yeah, People in terms of, yeah, actually texting them and or uh, country to country or people in countries to another people or another person in another country. So, so yeah. <laughs> so, at the end, it's just social media. <laughs> um, um, pictures of happiness, anger, fear, sadness, disgust and surprise in 21 different cultures registered mostly the same response everywhere. Japan was the... Or Japan was the exception which described fear as surprise. The biggest cultural difference or differences exist mainly in relation to territorial space, eye contact, touch frequency and insult gestures. Especially insult gestures, which is actually something that we've been discussing in school or yeah, you just see it pretty often that um, some gestures that might be in your culture or in your region or your country just something friendly even or just something that's quite neutral or just yeah like a you thing might be pretty fucking insulting in another country so it is always great to just yeah to really look for these certain gestures um on the internet before you're just moving or you know travelling to another country to really not really not insult somebody um the regions with the most local signals are Arab countries, parts of Asia and Japan. P says that we do business with people who make us feel who make us feel comfortable and it comes down to sincerity and good manners. I don't know. I think it probably also comes up to how similar these persons are compared to us, so at my point of view, yeah, we do probably like people that are like us more than people who are just way different than us. Um, This is something I've heard, this is something I kind of believe in, Um, it do comes up to whether you like yourself or you do not pretty much like yourself, but, or because, if you do like yourself so really fucking much, then you will probably like someone who is just you know, kinda like you, more than just someone who is not like you. But if you're not liking yourself in general, then it might be just some kind of unusual feeling, or you might even be liking somebody who is just like you, not that much like somebody who isn't like you. If you just got that, if this is not too complex talking about it. The... Um. Uh, and good manners. The author suggested when you are in a foreign country and unsure of the local customs and gestures, it could be a good idea to reduce the range of your body language signals until you can better understand the local ones. Yeah, totally a great advice to really not insult somebody just in terms of business, which is <laughs> might not be the best thing to, you know, really get lost of your business or, or lose this business there. Um, just because you did some just really fucked up gestures, or you, you know, thought like, yeah, I'm making jokes, and everything fired back. (laughs) This this could actually be a thing that, uh, you know, could happen to me, because I think it always, uh, not always, but often, um, I do just things and they backfire, and yeah. (laughs) But yeah, you learn uh, out of all these things. So everything, you know, in terms of, making mistakes. This is actually something I do really want to uh, emphasize a little bit more because I do think people and especially parents do tell the people, not tell the people, but tell their kids that making failures and or mistakes and whatever uh, word I could use as well um, are just bad. But the thing is, they aren't bad. Um, It was the same thing with me. So I was always told that uh, making a mistake in maths or maths or in German spelling or in English or whatever is bad, and so therefore I do not like to make mistakes now, which is something I do really kind of want to change about myself, and I'm quite in the progress of changing myself in terms of this, um, because failing is important, because without failing you do not really know what you're actually sucking at, which is just good for your self-awareness because you know, if you just really suck at something, the probability of you being good in this thing is not that high. So um, besides that, so besides the whole failing thing, I do just recommend doing something as a business or um, a wannabe business or future business, um, something that you actually are able to do and or are actually good at or talented at even, because just Um, Yeah, because if you are already good or already talented, being the best or getting the best is way, way fucking easier than just, you know, trying to be good at something you're just totally bad or mediocre or whatever, Um, which makes sense at my point of view. But I do think in terms of the failing thing again, that failing is important because failing shows you, yeah, this is something I do have to improve in or which is You know, I think even the most important one, this way that I'm trying right now isn't working. So if I do, I'm trying to overcome an obstacle or some other barriers, I do just have to try something else. You know, not the same thing that I'm just always doing that is not working and clearly not working, which is a failure, and then I know it. Yeah, I will not do this, or I just kind of, how should I say kind of changed my approach on this particular thing. And if I do just figured out every single approach I could take, and everyone failed, I do just do something else to overcome this obstacle. Um, Yeah, which might be a little bit common sense, but I do just think that often it is like, yeah, um, people do not think, and I especially, do not think about these really obvious things. And I do just really surprise myself by you know, reading through things that are so obvious and then I just really get flashed and be like, yeah, this is actually true and it was always in front of you and often we do just see everything else but not the things that are in front of us, which are actually, you know, the things we were looking for. But let's see, hand and thumb gestures. This was actually, I think, um, just paragraph after paragraph I and I didn't really, yeah, no, it's not that long, but I didn't really know that there is so much about, uh, about hands and thumb gestures, uh, especially thumb gestures. Just because I, I was like, yeah, okay, thumb up is good, thumb down is, you know, bad. Thumb in the middle somewhere is, you know, it's middle, and so on. But I didn't really think that there are so many. But let's see. So hand and thumb gestures, or gestures, or whatever this is called. But I do give a fuck about this right now. So right-handed people give the favorite point of view or summarize the favorite constant with the right hand, and left people with the left hand. The thing is, uh, if you do have been sticking with me on the last episode on this book, you do really know that um, if you're presenting something or whatever, you do should use your whole hand to show something. So I do quite. I can't see myself, so I will try to to explain it somewhere or somehow. Um, so you not just point at things if, you know, you do have a beamer and, a a wall or something, you do not point at it. You do not really, you know, stick your finger out and point at it. You use your whole hand and, which is the most important thing, you do show your hand with the palm inside, in f- or, so the palm facing the audience. Because the palm open, or the open palm gesture just really shows that you're honest, um, honest, um with what you're talking about but if you just do it like here yeah it might even not be working yeah but if you do just you know show the back of your hand this is not good because it shows that you're something hiding and so on and so therefore just pointing at things in terms of presentation uh is not good because it is also also something i've been thinking about um because I, I do think it wasn't really pointed out in the book, but I do not really remember, but if you just do really point at something, your palm is halfway closed, you know, all all things but your index finger. And this is always just, or also just showing that you are not honest about the things you're talking about. And so just really spreading your fingers or just, you know, leaving your palm open will just be the best solution for it. Um... But in this situation, I do think that this is just referring to just normal situations and just, uh, yeah, normal scenarios, like, you know, in everyday life, not in terms of presentations. And so I think it might actually be true because, you know, yeah, I do have to look for it and keep attention to it to really see if it is really, really the thing. Hand attention and impact. Hand gestures grab attention, increase the impact and helps individual... On the receiving end of the communication, remember more about the message. Up to a higher, up to a third higher recall in an experiment, which is actually pretty true, uh, or just not pretty true, but very very interesting. Um, and I do think that it is true um, because, yeah, it just you know brings more movement into the whole thing, and you can't just show just the point you're trying to make way better with your hands than you can with your mouth because we all humans are just really visualized people or just we really like visualizing things and have things visualized Um, especially men I would say Uh, women not that much but men especially so just you know really being able to for example show a box with your hand and just you know how big it is how small it is uh, the width of it and all these things is just really great to, to use your hands for. Uh, the rubbing palms. Rubbing the palm together is a sign of positive expectation. A quick rub signals the person expects the benefit to be for you. Slow rubbing signals the expectation is for them to profit. Salespeople are instructed to rub hands quickly indeed. When a buyer rubs his palms waiting for you to present, your product it's your product. Uh, it's a positive sign that he is in high or has a high expectation, it can be a good option. The thing is, um, I was quite just laughing uh, internally as I was going through this one or as I was reading this one the first time because I thought like, yeah, this is always the thing they show in movies and showing cartoons. And, you know, it's just, I think it just seems to be so oversaturated. I do quite feel I've never seen someone just rubbing their hands. I do have to admit that I just, you know, didn't keep that much attention to it, but I do will from now on, but yeah, it's, it's quite funny, you know, because yeah, as I said, you just see it in cartoons so often, and it just seems to me so oversaturated or, yeah, or not being that real and more like, yeah, actual films and um, scenarios where they really have to show the body language to make the point, but not in everyday life hands clenched together or clenched or whatever. Barbara and LMP say hands clenched together can be mistaken for a signal confidence as people are often seeing smiling when using it. It is though a gesture showing anxious, restraining or negative attitude. During negotiating it can be frustrating gesture signaling a negative or anxious attitude. The person using feels they are either not convincing the other person or felt like they were losing the negotiation. The hands can be held in front of the face, on a desk, on a lab, or low in front of the crotch There seems to be a correlation between height and frustration. The higher the hands clenched position, the higher the degree of uh, frustration. And I do, so clenched position or clenched clenched hands, I do just really have to see uh, what this looks like. yeah. I thought like, and you often see it and I do often see it pretty often, (laughs) pretty often in in presentations from other people, I do really keep attention to it myself so that I'm not doing it because I feel like, yeah, it's also creating some kind of barrier between the audience and myself. So I do just keep my hands away from my body so that I just, you know, that I just am fully vulnerable for the person who are looking at me. But the thing is, what I wanted to say initially is that a lot of people have their hands in the crotch area. Um, so it seems to be that they are a little bit in a negative mood. I wouldn't say in terms of pre- pre- presentations that they are some kind of what did I see here um, frustrated. Maybe not that that um, you know impactful feeling, but something that's you know not that that big or not that strong as this feeling is might be even the case Um, but I do am thinking if I have ever seen a person clinching their hands in front of their mouths or their eyes um, I think I haven't Uh, I haven't but you know these monkey emojis that are on on insta and everywhere so also or especially on on ios devices so, as for arms crossed, then you should take action to let the person unclench his hands. Yeah, totally. This makes sense. The steeple. Barbara and LP say the steeple is, or the steeple can be, the expectation confirming the cluster rule, as it can often occur in isolation. A favorite of Angela Merkel, or Angela Merkel. The steeple is frequently used in interactions between superior and subordinates, and it shows a confident, self-assured personality. It is often used when giving instructions or advice, and it's common among accountants, lawyers and managers. The steeple is usually held high with speaking and held low while or when listening. Women tend to use the lower steel or steeple, sorry, more often and the raised steeple with the head tilted back gives more arrogant and smug air. The steeple can also be a sign of negative confidence. If you are delivering a presentation or a sale and the client was folding folding arms, crossing legs, looking away and having many many hands to face gestures and then he assumes a steeple your prospect is feeling confident, he will say and what he will easily get rid of you. And that he will easily get rid of you. When you want to pursue it or win the other person's confidence, Pisk recommends not to use it as it can come across as smug or arrogant. And I do really believe that I've never seen anyone but Angela Merkel in my whole life that is using this kind of thing. And it is this thing, if I do know it correctly. You know, this is just this triangular hand position she always does. And it kind of makes sense. And it's some kind of thing... Yeah, you know her by this gesture and but I've never seen anybody else who's using it and I do feel like yeah if it's actually a thing or not if it's yeah if it's actually used that often as they say it the face platter resting the face on both hands can be a gesture used by women during romantic encounters or dates she is placing her ha- her face sorry There for you to admire it and to attract your attention. If you are interested in more sex signals, take a look at Undercover Sex Signals. Um, I do have been actually thinking about it. It was not a dating book, but a book about love on this channel or on this podcast, wherever you are right now. um, Which is The Five Signals of Love. Um, You could be looking for it. um, If you are on the podcast, just hit command F. And then just type in it and there should be somewhere this episode. Just, you know, either laugh signals or five laugh signals or how to know the love signal of your partner. It probably was something like this. So something catchy, something clickbaity. <laughs> um but yeah. This is actually something that I want to improve about myself. I really do want to improve my copy skills or or my writing copy skills because I do think that I'm not that good at it, I, I'm doing not just really that able to write that catchy titles or that good titles, but I think it also comes with experience and also comes with time, and yeah, I, I do, to be honest, and to just talk a little bit more right now, um, because reading all the time feels not that good for me, to be honest, um, without me actually saying something to it or, you know, giving additional value to it. Um, but I do was thinking today like, yeah, I I do really want to start another business or another site, um, an Instagram page, additionally to what I'm doing right now. Um, because I kind of feel like, yeah, I'm just really isolating myself into this one thing, which is something I do, I do kind of not want for my entire future to be like. I do really want to do a lot of things, not only this one thing or that one thing, I do want to, I don't know, do sports, I do want to do design things, I do want to do this, I do want to do some some other things, Um, so I just thought like, yeah, it, I could do it. Um, There's actually a really, really, really great advice Gary Vee told somebody uh in a podcast, I think, I do not remember correctly, but I think it was a podcast actually, or it, yeah, it was probably a video and a podcast because he is also doing it. Um, Or he just said, yeah, you can just be like, yeah, 80% of the time you're putting into your main business or main job And 20% of your time you just put into these additional things or the additional business or the side-side hustle For me, it would be like this Because, you know, what I'm doing right now is actually my side hustle Because, uh, yeah, school is also a thing for me uh, especially because I'm just graduating the next year and I do not really fuck my whole entire journey of going to school uh, right in the last few years because this would be just really dumb and would make my my life even tougher at the end of it, at the end of my school career. Um, so but I do think, yeah, and I'm always quite thinking like, yeah, I do have pages right now that are, Uh, aren't running anymore, but I've run them, or run them, uh, no it's actually run, I've run them uh, some time ago, and so they have a few follower amount, Um, so actually I think 200 or 100, not that much, but um, better to start with, or then with zero followers, Um, but I do am thinking like, should it be some kind of service, should it be some kind of actual physical product, should it be something like uh, informational products but I do think that uh, just today I always say do think but I think that actual physical products would be a great way to get additional value to myself and to other people especially and to just for me really experience the way real physical people uh, not physical people but physical products uh, what their way what their ways are how um, yeah what problems could come up and so on, so this is also a thing, and so I was, I was just always thinking about, like, yeah, I do want to bring in my, uh, you know, my design life a little bit more, so this would actually be another opportunity for me to do it, and I do kind of feel like making something, like, charity-ish, um, maybe even 100% char- charity, but I do not know, because, uh, because, yeah, um, but it would be good for me and it would feel amazing for me to just being able to uh, actually create the physical product or selling a physical product a lot, which just contributes all these poor people. Um yeah, this would be just great for me. And um, yeah, so I was then just thinking about making um, print-on-demand products, which is just like, yeah, you go to a site, um, you make your design, you upload your design, And they print it, if somebody buys it, on, I don't know, mugs, on t-shirts, on all these things. The problem with these things is that, uh, I've actually talked about this before, but it's some some while ago. The actual problems with these things are that most of the time, the quality isn't too good. And I do really want to to have the quality to be good, uh, especially when it's not something about charity. Which means that, yeah, if you're just uh, selling a product for 20, 30, 50 bucks, you just really expect the quality to be a little bit better than just, yeah, H&M stuff. But uh, on the other side, it is also a thing that I do not want to pollute the whole environment with my fucking t-shirts, with all my mugs and all these things. Um, Therefore, it would actually be great to just have a charity brand or charity company because then I just can't put all the money I gain with it back to all these people who are actually some kind of producing it or back into the environment and environmental changes so this would be great um, but yeah I don't know and actually on the other side and um, in terms of the whole print-on-demand thing a lot of people are using them and so it's it's not that serious to be honest. There are actual things you can just use with Shopify, which is, if you do not know, it's just software to, for you to create an, an online shop, and a real online shop, so that you actually sell your own product, some sort of, and there's also some kind of service, a print-on-demand service, um, but it's not kind of that obvious that you're using it, so it actually seems like you are actually printing these and selling these on your own. Um, but yeah, I do think and I do just feel like creating something additionally to what I'm just creating right now. Um, maybe not because I'm, yeah, maybe actually because I'm that impatient. I I do feel like, yeah, I want to see and feel results a little bit faster than I'm getting right now. I do really get my results, you know, don't get me wrong. In these three months that I'm actually, you know, just have really putting up my game In terms of, yeah, the actual, you know, starting the podcast, uh, really putting out more videos and more podcasts and more uh, posts on social media, everything got up. I do currently have around 1,000, so it's 960 uh, total plays on my podcast, which is amazing. It's a lot. It's just, you know, you just have to imagine it, seeing 900 people who are just watching your episodes, this is just amazing, and on, on Instagram it's at the moment at 600, but I do really want, don't want to focus on the numbers. Um, you some sort of do have to just to see what is performing good, what is actually what your target audience or your audience wants, and so on. So you kind of need numbers, but I do feel like, yeah, just really um, thinking about numbers or only thinking about numbers isn't also not The greatest way to to go with. But let's actually see. Holding hands behind the back and I do have to see yeah it's quite, time is quite advanced. And I do actually feel with these episodes I think you and I I really hope that you get a lot of value out of it. It's often quite hard to to read through it because there are often some um, spelling mistakes which you know make it especially pretty hard for me to, to read it, but yeah I could just you know read a little bit better. Barbara and LMP say that holding hands or holding one holding one's hand behind the back is a sign of authority. High military headmasters at school, royalty and policemen will usually use it. The person is fully exposing his body in a show in a show of fearlessness. And this is actually the thing um where I was thinking like Yeah, this makes sense. But most of the time, people in school just tell you not to hold your hands behind your back. And I do even, uh, if I remember correctly, talk about a negative effect of of this body language thing as well. Um, Yeah, I just, you know, go on reading. Um, Cause and effect also applies. So if you use this pose in high-stress situations, you will also begin to feel confident and even authoritative. So authoritative, yeah. And um, this, uh, and this is really a great way or great point that I'm just getting out of this book in total. Um, it's really underlining the fact that Tony Robbins said, yeah, um, emotion is created by emotion, which means that yeah, if you do sit straight up, you way f- you feel way better and way more confident than if you're just you know really sitting like a sandbag, just you know douching around, and. I wasn't quite sure about it. I'm still not that sure about it. But, you know, they said it. This is actually the second time they've said it. Um, The first time was when you're crossing your arms, you will feel defensive. And, yeah, and if you are holding your hands behind your back, you will feel more confident. Because, yeah, it would make sense uh, psychologically and in terms of nature. Because you just make yourself so fucking vulnerable to everyone. It makes sense. You could attack me right now, because, you know, just, you know, throw a fucking, you know, or just shoot me, and I couldn't do anything. You just, you know, hit me like a sword, with a sword, in my fucking chest that i die, and I couldn't do anything, because my hands are behind my back. Even though I feel like, yeah, having your hands behind your back can actually, you know, really create the feeling of you not showing, but hiding something. Which is, I think, the actual negative thing they are trying to point out. But as I remember, they just didn't quite. Uh, so, I've n- so if, however, the person is holding his wrist behind his back, it communicates frustration and an and, and attempt to self-restrain. And the higher up is the grip, the- and the higher up is the grip, the higher is the frustration. If you catch you yourself doing it. Change to palm in palm position instead, and you'll begin to feel more relaxed and confident. So palm in palm. Palm in palm. Gesture. Ah, yeah, you can see it. So you know, really, uh, the uh, YouTube YouTube watchers contribute from it. So on the left side, no, this is the right side actually. Uh, on the right side, um, this is the upper arm group, which is, as they say, it is something that you shouldn't do, because the higher you grab your wrist or your actual arm, then um, the more frustration you show, which is something I, by now, as I understand it correctly, but you know, with my first gone through or go through with this book, I didn't really get it, and I do understand it right now, and I do it quite often, and I should never do it again. Um, on the left side, it's something like, yeah, you're a little bit frustrated. And in the middle, this is actually the thing that I was talking about. Like, this is actually the thing all the military and all the policemen are actually doing. And if you know soccer, a lot of soccer players are doing it as well. So if they make their the group photo or their uh, squad photo, they do all just, you know, sit like their their hands behind the back. But not like one hand grabbing a wrist But both hands in the other hand, so one hand in the other hand, which is the actual thing you should be doing, because this seems to just communicate authority or confidence or, yeah, just not being frustrated. The thumb displays. Um, Barbara and LP say that thumbs denote superiority. Do I do think this is, this is going ahead into another chapter? No, it won't. So I will go through it. So Barbara and L.P. say that thumbs denote superiority and body language gestures using their thumbs show self-important attitudes. Thumbs, indeed, are used to display dominance, assertiveness, and sometimes even aggressive attitude. A man will will use protruding thumbs around women he likes. And even when he's wearing high-status clothing, you will rarely see low-status individuals using it. If someone is verbally showing humbleness and shows his thumb, you can probably guess he's not being fully forthcoming. Thumbs coming out of back pockets are a bit of a tamer pose, as if the person was trying to hide the dominant attitude. So I do have to protruding thumbs. And I really do suggest you to do the same So if you do not understand something um, Because it's only written text And there are no actual pictures Just google it And you will definitely uh, Find a picture And you'll be like yeah And actually at my point of view will just uh, remember it way better Because you then have the connection between um, The picture uh, The actual text And so on Um so I do not know. It's actually pretty pretty fucking uh difficult to really know what they mean <laughs> to be to be really quite honest here. So um Bottle language uh, thumbs indeed are used to a man will use protruding thumbs around women he likes and even when he is wearing high states clothing, blah 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 blah. Um thumbs coming out of back pockets back pockets um, pointing at someone with the thumb is usually a gesture of ridicule and disrespect towards the person you point, your f- you point your thumb at. Usually, it is not directly pointed at the person you're speaking to, but it is pointed towards a third party. Yeah, definitely. Because if you be like, yeah, this is the person who did it, and be like, um, yeah, you're swinging your hand or your actual arm with the thumb up gesture um, behind your back. Like, for the podcast listeners, I try to kind of explain what I'm doing and what I'm thinking about. Um, if you just have your arm with your thumbs up into a 90-degree angle um, towards your body, so just, you know, in front of you, and you just, you know, throw it behind your back and just kind of point to your back or on your back, um, but you actually mean like, yeah, this was he, or uh, it's his fault, or um, they were or they are to blame, or whatever you're going to say, um, yeah this actually feels already like yeah just really kind of insulting but I do actually not really know what they th- uh, say about the protruding thumbs I do feel like yeah it's like when you um, are into your pockets and do have your thumbs showing outside um, that it shows your status and so on but I do also think Um, because I've heard it somewhere, it was actually TV, so it's not quite that sure if it's true or not, Um, that it should be not good to to really have your hands into your pockets uh, and you thump out, but rather you thump in and everything else out of the pocket. So yeah. But I do think uh, this is the end of the episode and I hope you just got a lot out of it. Um, Even though I'm just reading a lot, And though I'm not, you know, giving that additional value to it, I do hope that um, you actually just enjoy me talking about this. This is, you know, I think actually the most important thing about it. And uh, you enjoy the topic and the value you're getting. So, I wish you nothing more than fucking happiness and I do just wish you to be, you know, I kinda wish to be able to give away my happiness, and my feelings, and my mindset, and all these things, just really, yeah, take a little bit, without actually me losing it, because this would be just really fucked up, and give it to her, and give it to him, and I do actually then think that this is actually the, you know, that the point that I'm going to, or willing to make in the world, to, yeah, to get people to think about them a little bit better, or not that worse as they are, as they are doing right now. So, yeah. Follow me on my social media channels. Subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe to the YouTube video. Whatever. I'll see you the next time. And I love you from the bottom of my heart. Really from the bottom of my heart. <laughs> and I'll see you the next time. And I wish you health, wealth, success, legacy. Uh, success, health, wealth, happiness, legacy. And I hope you're giving back also something. So, i see you the next time.